This week on Out Now with Internet, we are talking after Yang. 3,000 podcasts eliminated. We have over 30,000 families competing tonight. Are you ready? Stay in sync. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hello. (laughs) What? Such a a direct hello. (laughs) Hello. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies we have most responsible for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 490. 490. We're getting pretty close to 500 here. Mm-hmm. Pretty That's close. Right. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. And this week we're talking After Yang, hmm. the newest film from director Koganada. And uh, yeah, that's the plan for this week. And joining us to discuss after Yang, we have from Battleship Retention, he comes equipped with spyware. It's David Bax. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Glad to have you back here, David. Spyware. <laughs> how, are, how are you doing today? Uh, well, I mean, am I supposed to pretend like we didn't? We haven't talked for the past half hour? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you're telling um, me that we get on the show early and just discuss movies? <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing great. Spring, spring has sprung. It is yes. the first day, first day, official day of spring. We made it. We, we made it. it. Yeah, I'm this is, a, this is our, our annual vernal equinox episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, we are glad to have you back as always. And because we recently had Tyler on, that gives us an additional uh, couple out now points for getting both Battleship Retention hosts on within a month. Right. Uh, always, always good to score those, of course. And we put those into a bank, <laughs> and at the end of it, we redeem ourselves. That's right, an inflatable chair. Yay! Yeah. This is just like an elementary school magazine sale. Exactly. Did I know where that was going when I started? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. Figure to such. Let's get to some show notes real quick here. Let me scoot up my inflatable chair. Um, all right. First up, <laughs> new commentary track. That's right. You guessed it. We talked Batman and Robin this month Woo. for the commentary in honor, of course, of the Batman. And we've now completed our uh, series of 90s era Batman films. It took us 10 years. 2012 is when we recorded our Batman Forever commentary. Wow. Yeah. And then for some reason, we did Returns. And then we did Batman. And then we did Batman Returns. Sheesh. <laughs> what, you haven't done Mask of the Phantasm? No, we have not. No, uh, that's that, a good movie. That, I mean, that, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> no, we actually, we discussed, we just, because Mask of the Phantasm is only like 75 minutes, we're like, maybe we do Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero. And just like do a like a two hour, two and a half hour clump of a commentary uh, at one point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But hey, good calling out Mass of the Phantasm because yes, it rocks. Cool movie, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, our commentary track that is up now. Uh, we talked with uh, Scott Mendelson, Brandon Peters, and Terrence Johnson. A lot of fun on that track. The movie, whatever the reputation Batman and Robin may have, it's certainly fun to talk about. It has a lot to talk about. And we have a lot of sure. good things to say about it. So, you know, that's a, that's a that was a fun one to record. All of our commentaries are fun to record. Speaking yeah. of which, you can find those commentaries and more over on iTunes, where you can also leave us a rating and review. If you search for Out Now Fair and Abe, you can find our show. You can see a whole list of episodes. You can be like, oh, great. I should really review those. Each of them, every one of them individually. Um, but also... <laughs> I don't think you can do that, but... If you can, but I, I mean, I mean, privately. Try it? No, I, I mean, privately, you can do that. Oh, but, oh but I see. Publicly, you can give us one summation review yeah, and yeah. be like, I listen to a lot of these, and then uh, give us our rating. Is, is there a letterbox for podcast episodes? God, don't don't give letterboxed ideas. <laughs> this episode was really good. If we if we map more of them to YouTube videos, then we can submit them to Letterbox <laughs> as as films. Yeah. Uh, if they're accepting TV, they can take and take. Who are we, Jeremy TV. Johns? <laughs> I don't. That's not even a dig. It's just. <laughs> 
So yeah, iTunes. <laughs> Thank you so much in advance. What else? Oscars. Oscars are coming. The hot dog. Um, Oscar <laughs> Myers. Yeah, we could uh, have lunch after this. It'll be great. Uh, Oscar yeah. nomination. Oscars are happening next weekend at this uh-huh. point of this reporting. Uh, we always like to do a prediction show on the Friday before and then release our post show pretty much immediately after the Oscars. Uh, so stay tuned for that. That's good. That's always a lot of fun. Mainly because yeah. it's a blind competition with no actual winner <laughs> beyond um, bragging rights uh, for you know the time being. Yeah. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And I think that's it for show notes here. So let's um let's move on now. Let's get to our out now quickies. Trademark. Each one one movie when we do that we do the out now quickies. Trademark. Happy with that one. Hmm. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What have you seen recently? Oh, let me. Uh... Let me look at my letterbox. My oh, letterbox there you go. Oh, there it is. There Not it my is. letterbox or podcasts. Uh, what have I seen recently that is uh, good? Um, well, I'll mention what's uh, what. Let me see. Uh, Deep Water is great. I'm not sure oh. if you guys have talked about Deep Water yet, but we uh, have not. It's That's the Adrian uh, Line Hulu, Hulu, right? Uh, yeah. Y- yes. Um, uh, it's uh, the first aging line film in 20 years. Um, yeah, unfaithful. Unfaithful, which is also a great movie. Uh, and he hasn't he hasn't lost a lost a step. It's um, it's 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 complex and seductive and sexy and, and dark. And um, I feel like not incorrectly uh, the sort of film. Uh, <laughs> cognoscenti sphere uh has really come around on ben affleck in in recent years and uh, i think rightfully so he's he's great in in this movie he uh is he, i think is he, he's aged into being an actor who really knows where his lane is mm-hmm. um and so this uh kind of like powerful because he's rich but also like dorky and insecure like rich white guy is very much his uh his lane he's been he's fantastic in it and armis is 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 great in it um you also got uh finn whitrock shows up he's a personal like favorite character oh. actor of mine huh. and uh tracy letts is always great in everything oh, of uh, course yes and and he's he's in this uh and also the uh what's her name from cavern in the woods um the the star of cavern in the woods who's, uh, who's the something it's donnelly a K, it's a k <laughs> Is it Karen Donnelly? Does that sound right? It's like a Kristen Connolly. Kristen, Kristen Connolly. Connolly. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like how you rhymed it though. Yeah, no, she, she's <laughs> in it. And I, well, I, would, I would fully admit to like watching it and being like, I know her, but I had to look it up to figure out what I knew her from. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great, uh, uh, great movie. Also, that's so something new. I'll also go to something old or older. Um, I watched um, for the first time, uh, for me, I watched Simon Lang's 1994 film *Viva L'Amour*, uh, oh. which is another sexy movie. Um, it's about uh, three uh, Taipei residents who all, for various reasons, have keys to an apartment that is empty, and they use it for sex or masturbation or whatever, cross-dressing, whatever. Like it's a place where they could go and be their uh, private selves but they don't always know whether or not each other are in the apartment uh, it's under a cool movie um and it's recently been restored uh which probably means there's i'm guessing 
uh, it's gonna it's playing theatrically somewhere but i'm guessing there's probably like a blu-ray coming of this uh new uh-huh. restoration um and it's great if you know timing ling's films like what time is it there goodbye dragon in or more recently like um uh, days was the most recent one i didn't see but uh stray dogs um you'll know what to expect lots of long takes of people doing things but not talking uh and that might sound boring but go you know go go back to what i said before about people having sex and masturbating and cross-dressing and stuff the stuff you're looking at is not boring stuff it's just there's not a lot of dialogue in his movies and i uh i tend to respond well to that and the new restoration as far as what i saw on my compressed screener file uh looked good (laughs) (laughs) wait you're telling me that they don't send a full-blown like you know sometimes 10, 10 gigabyte dvds well, it depends sometimes you get really good quality screeners <laughs> I've got, yeah uh, it's certainly not the worst quality screener i've got i've going back to hulu i've called this out on my podcast before false positive which is a movie that i liked uh-huh that that screen but i don't know if you guys saw that movie i saw it yeah yeah it's a it's a dark movie i don't mean just in subject matter literally mm-hmm. it looks dark and the screener that i got was so compressed that there were like full scenes where i'm like what's happening what's, yeah is that yeah. a foot is that like I don't know what I'm what I'm looking at? Yeah. Um, so I've definitely had worse uh, worse screeners, uh, and at least the unlike the the Viva Lamore screener didn't have what the Deep Water screener had, which is my email address across the middle <laughs> just, of the, just yeah the just entire movie copy up so that you don't you don't sell it to Pirate Bay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I you know I. <laughs> Not having seen it, I, it was weird seeing on Twitter other people saying it's weird that my screener had david.bax at gmail.com all over it. So. <laughs> That's uh, funny pretty, because I pretty close. That is not my email address. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to be really accurate, I could. I know. I was like, yeah. you know my email address. No, don't do, don't do that. <laughs> we're not. We're not that kind of out now podcast. The, 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 the only email address I like spoiling is John Hamps, which is john.ham at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> email them right now tell me don't forget them. it's two m's <laughs> tell me you loved him as cop that didn't solve anything in the town no he's an fbi agent <laughs> it's all cops they're all cops to me <laughs> it's just a fancier cop hey what have you seen recently what'd you finish oh uh well it's a great question i i watched <laughs> uh because <laughs> i am gonna name something i didn't finish yet uh i did watch um house moving castle again Oh, uh, it, it kind of appeared somewhere on Twitter that made me curious to go back and check it out. The castle you know, that I, moves. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I, I, <laughs> I think I still feel the same way that I did when I first watched it, which is, you know, it's a good Miyazaki picture. I don't know if it's one of his in terms of like the, the scoring of it. I wouldn't say that it's um, like top three. Uh, I rank uh, it pretty low for House Movie Castle. And I don't yeah. dislike I like all of his movies, but right. I don't dislike it. It's just, you know, I rank it pretty low. Yeah, um, and then I, I started... Billy, Billy, Billy Crystal's great in it. <laughs> yeah. He is. Plays the fire. I usually listen to the original Japanese and just have subtitles. I've seen it both ways, but I just oh, like that okay. Billy Crystal plays a little ball of fire. <laughs> yeah, because I remember I was uh, I was looking up the some news articles about it, and it's like uh, I was like, I don't know that Christian Pale is voicing anybody in here, but um, that's because I listened to the Japanese. Uh, the newsy himself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then I started, I started, uh, uh, Pegasus got married. Yeah. And I yeah. did not finish it. Not with because Nicholas I didn't Coppola. want to. Yeah, exactly. With Nicholas Coppola. Cause, uh, <laughs> he's got a movie coming out, which I wanted to see, but I, I guess that he's been trending and people are reading my, my searches. 
So uh, they were like, hey, by the way, Nicholas, uh, Nick Cage is in this movie here. Um, and it, it's, it's an interesting movie because we were talking about prior to us recording, we're talking about like Back to the Future. And it's like, there's a lot of like references here that I don't get because, you know, it's set in like the, the 60s, 70s. And then they go, they flash backward to like the 50s or something it's like that. It's a body right? switching movie, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I was like, oh, these cars look the same. but They're like clearly in the 50s. Um, with all that being said, I, I do want to finish it. I'm, I'm fairly close, but I have not. Um, but it's 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 such a, um, a that guy movie, which I'm watching. I'm like, oh, shit, that guy's in this. And then uh, guy, Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey. But then yeah. there's also like all these like other character actors. I'm like, oh, shit, James I, Carrey. <laughs> right yeah they're just going formal uh and then i i don't know if we talked about this but i i watched the first episode of mcgruber uh on on uh, nbc on peacock finally okay excellent it, it's it's really good <laughs> like it is one of those uh aaron and i talk about these from time to time but they're they're these like really goofy movies slash tv shows but everyone takes it very seriously so therefore the product is good <laughs> And MacGruber is exactly like that. I don't know how I feel about having to pay, you know, 10 bucks to go watch the rest of MacGruber, but you know, I might, I might just shell out just to check out uh, the rest of MacGruber season one. I mean, presumably you paid 10 bucks to watch one movie. Now you get 10 episodes. Mm, this is true. <laughs> 10 hours of, uh, 10 hours of my life. Plus so. it's MacGruber. Exactly. Yeah, that was, that was a show. I was really happy to like see happen. And then it came out and I was really happy and I watched it. And because of the nature of streaming and the fact that Peacock doesn't know how to, you know, advertise their shows, it immediately disappeared from the conversation <laughs> right away. Um, but hey, I watched all 10 episodes and I really enjoyed it. So. There you go. Yeah. Second seal of approval. <laughs> the only ones that matter. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. You know, uh, um, to go yeah, back to yeah. Peggy, Peggy Sue got married, uh, Tyler and I, pre-pandemic, used to do these commentary marathons where we mm -hmm. do commentaries on uh, hours of films in a row and have uh, guests cycle in uh, in and out uh, over the course of a day and the one we had scheduled march of 2020 that we had to cancel uh included peggy's who got married oh was it was it non-godfather coppola films is that the marathon was it was it tetro peggy Sue got married the cotton yeah. club and yeah. uh, bram stoker's dracula <laughs> no it was uh time travel comedies so it was back to the future bill and ted hot tub time machine and peggy sue but i remember what you was i scheduled on? i assume i had you must have been yeah yeah <laughs> Right. Yeah, I think that's why I brought. I was going to ask if you remember what what film you were scheduled to talk about. I have say it again. Back, uh, Hot Back to the Future, uh -huh. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Pegasus Got Married, Hot Tub Time Machine. Hmm. I want to say it was probably Bill and Ted. Uh, yeah. It might have been Back to the Future, just because I wanted to like troll you for thirty minutes while talking about it. Probably, but, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, I do hope. But I love. I love Pegasus Got Married. Good movie. All right. It is, yeah, it's a really good movie. Uh, it gives is great me more, yeah, it gives me more energy to go finish the movie. Was she nominated for that movie? I can look this up really quickly. Yeah. Because I feel like it got I'm, like some... Trying yeah, to nominated for three Oscars. Yes, Kathleen wow. Turner, uh, Cinematography, Jordan Cronenworth, and Costume Design. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was like more than just like, oh, well, liked. it was like acclaimed. Yeah. All right, I've seen a few things. Um, first up is X. This is mm -hmm. the latest High West film is returned to horror after it's been a while since the sacraments back in 2013. It's been a while, it's been a while exactly. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know stopped after the sacrament. He, <laughs> I like the sacraments. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, no. 
<laughs> I, I can't stand the sacrament. No. But I really like Dex. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it's uh, it's fun. I mean, it, it is a solid like throwback slasher film. It, you know, we recently had a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. This is a better Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie than the recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Mm. Uh, it seems like what I like about what Ty West is doing is that he's he he's a filmmaker that's clearly taking lessons from like films like that, as opposed to just approximating what that was like. It seems like he's taken into that that specific kind part of the genre and like found a way in that's both uh, reverential to a degree, but also like new and experimental in its own ways. And, you know, regardless of like the story and the character, the is like, I just thought it was like a well-made movie as far as what you're trying to do with this genre. Uh, in addition to that, there are some like, it, it does a good job of making you like sympathize and empathize with the various characters in the film which is impressive for a movie like this, which could be very throwaway and just gimmicky. Um, there's enough stuff going on there where leading up to the bloodshed, there's actual consideration for like who these people are both on both sides, both the villains and the, like the heroes or the, the, the protagonists or what have you. Um, and it, and it makes arguments that are interesting for the time. So, mm. <laughs> that's uh, Yeah. I completely agree uh, to the point where I would say if I had a, I, I have, complaints against x it's that the the blood the bloodbath that i like the first two-thirds of the movie better than the than the payoff i uh -huh. was i was much more into the you know there's a scene i'm not going to say any too much there's a scene where mia goth goes swimming that is to me like more entrancing and more tense than anything that happens when people are actually getting killed left and right mm. um and so I, that's a minor complaint that I don't think it finally, it, it like pays off as, as well as I wanted it to. I, I, I think for a movie too. called X, it's a little too comfortably R-rated. Hmm. Maybe it's because yeah. I've got my head in the Viva Lamore deep water, like uh, <laughs> erotic movies thing. Maybe I wanted it to be a little more uh, uh, erotic, but uh, sorry, I cut you off, Aaron. I was just saying, I agree with you as far as I think the buildup aspects of it work really yeah. effectively where yes, the reason I would be, lesser on it than saying it's like a new classic or something is because yeah it, it it still has to ride along with being a part of a certain genre and the way it delivers on being that it's like yeah that's fine like it, <laughs> it it's 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 staged well enough but there's you know like like certain soundtrack choices like yeah i mean we could have chose a different song or something that just kind of makes it even stand out a bit more but you know it is what it is that well, you guys are really selling me on watching it with the volume turned down got it with with all <laughs> with all of that said though the intriguing thing that we learned this week is that they already filmed they secretly filmed a prequel at the same time what they filmed a pre david you know about this i just saw uh, i just saw this like yesterday I, yeah uh, yeah it's it's not a spoiler and i won't detail anything but there is a prequel that was already filmed at, in the same locations that was secretly shot at the same time that uh will come out also and the way it's been described and the footage that's come out of it it's has a completely different vibe than what Whoa. this movie is um and it's it, it's focused on characters that make sense to focus on from yeah. this movie um, what's it called w pearl mm. <laughs> I think W would have been a better. It was silly. All right, moving on. <laughs> I I wasn't gonna give that a laugh until David started laughing. <laughs> you gotta laugh at it. Yeah, it's I like dumb. I liked it. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's X. Um, I watched again. I got a couple rewatches here. Yeah. Uh, I watched again West Side Story because oh. the 4K UHD came out this week. Yeah. 
good gracious <laughs> this is such uh-huh. a good movie to watch at home as far as the 4k goes like i wish that more people saw it in the theaters but like i hope that if like well if we didn't do it that way at least we have not just like streaming it in 4k but watching this damn uhd disc because oh my god it looks so good and sounds so great like it's just it's a terrific home release cool. um, also a movie pretty good <laughs> still uh it, yeah i was I, I wasn't expecting to be like, I'll put this on and just kind of like do work. But I'm like, oh no, I'm transfixed on West Side Story again now. Mm-hmm. So, um, I also watched, um, because we're watching The Lost, or what we're talking about, The Lost City next. At least that's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Um, not I, of Z. Not of Z. No, not of Z. Not the City of Lost Children. Oh, uh, not, oh, man, not, not Dora and the Explorer and the Lost City of Gold. That's a fun movie. And not um, uh, Alan Quartermain in The Lost City of Gold. Uh, none of those. Or City Z. of Ember. <laughs> it's not lost, though. I think that's just underground. That's the, oh, oh, yeah, that's what You have about. to take the bridge of Terabithia to get to the City of Ember. <laughs> 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 right. uh, but I so and, so leading up to all that, I was like, "What's a Sandra Bullock movie that I like never saw and I like watch can watch in the background? While I do some work." So I went. I put on the proposal with her and Ryan Reynolds, uh, who was apparently maybe going to start in the Lost City at some point. Hmm. I'm aware this movie made a lot of money. The proposal is not good. This is a, this is a bad movie. <laughs> this is, like this is this is pure Ryan Reynolds in riff Ryan Reynolds mode, which I'm sure, not yeah. the biggest fan of. So that already didn't sell me on it. Uh, but boy, like I, just watching this like studio rom com that's all brightly lit and sitcommy and has this ridiculous premise. I get that there is an audience that appreciates this kind of thing or appreciates Ryan Reynolds doing his thing or Sandra Bullock doing her thing. And like, yeah, they have chemistry. It's fine. What have you. But this was just like a chore for me to wind up like, yeah, this is why I didn't see this back in 2009. It's like, it's just, this is just nothing for me. And Betty White plays a Native American. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on in this movie? (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing I didn't see coming. I was like, okay, Coach is here. He's the dad. That's cool. Very sweet version. All right. Betty White. Yeah, she's going to do like old granny stuff. (laughs) She's a Native American. What? Wow. (laughs) A lot of range, though. (laughs) (laughs) Range. I didn't know that about Betty White. You so, should yeah. watch Forces of Nature instead. I've seen Forces of Nature with, yeah. with Ben Affleck, of course. Yeah. Um, you know what? The, the thing I have to say about Forces of Nature that is just interesting because that movie is it's not good. Oh. It, it has great cinematography. It, wow. Okay. It's not, I don't, yeah, I remember thinking it was kind of a cool movie. It, it's not but, where they'll be like, oh, man, I can't believe you like Forces of Nature. Like, I, I don't hate it. It's just like, yeah, it's a movie I watched. It's like, it's kind of forgetful to me. But the thing I do remember is it has impressive cinematography. It's a well-shot movie. Well, because it also it, like, has some like an actual elements. Storm that, and, yeah, but there, there, are, there are elements that are a little bit fantastical, at least to the way it's presented. So yeah. it has room to like to flex its cinematographical muscles. Yeah, it's just because that's like what 2000 99 i'm looking at it's wow. not yeah 2000s bounce sorry i gotta get my ben affleck rom-coms right. in order i never <laughs> saw bounce i remember the bounce because it was a miramax movie right yes it was a it was a two disc dvd it's funny that you i thought the exact that's the thing i thought about it also the fact that it's one of those giant dvd packages yeah <laughs> that's, that's 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 what i know more about bounce than the actual movie bounce which i believe involves two people whose lovers die and they get heart transplants or something along those lines okay that's the, that's the yeah I, I don't know and that's that weird incestuous period where like matt damon ben affleck and gwyneth paltrow all appear in each other's movies all the time right <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this has been bounce chat 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> or, or DVD talk from the 19, from 1999 <laughs> to, to, to 2004. Have, yeah, we might have to do a retrospective on the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, proposal. I wasn't a fan. Not, not great. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, that's on quickies. Trademark. Let's move on now. I'm enjoying the tangent heavy episode that we're having. Yeah. Uh, this is fun. <laughs> let's uh, let's do our trailer talk. We're talking about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, when we thought of it, what have you. This week we're talking Apollo 10 and a half colon a space age childhood. This is the newest film from director Richard Linklater. It is another rotoscoped film, not unlike Waking Life or A Scanner Darkly. It features a, it tells the story of a young boy who is being recruited for an Apollo mission during 1969, uh, which seems like somewhat of an excuse for Richard Linklater to make a coming of age story set in the 60s. Uh, it features <laughs> Glenn Powell, Zachary Levy, uh, Jack Black, and Milo Coy as the young boy who might be sent into space. David, what did you think of, are you a fan of like the, the, the Linklater's rotoscoping efforts? You know, what do you think of this? I actually never saw a Scanner Darkly. Um, oh, I like Scanner Darkly a lot. Uh, I, I liked Waking Waking Life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I guess this is a way. To, in this case, this is a way for him to make a uh, an immersive period piece with like, you know, uh, fucking space rocket launch space ro- space <laughs> rockets. What the fuck is the word? Yeah. I'm looking for? yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rockets, Shuttles. I guess. Yeah. yeah, but it's not a shuttle. It's like it's a rocket. It's, it's a, a rocket. rocket. Yeah, Saturday a space night. rocket. I'm very yeah. smart. Um, <laughs> Why quickie rocket? To do that, like he's 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 using the rotoscoping to make that on a small budget. So I guess I I appreciate that. I didn't think it looked all that engrossing in like literally visually the the look like, mm-hmm. uh, and I wonder if that's maybe because I I'm still a little like uh, uh, I don't know if this is a a hot take on this show I'm smarting a little bit from flea which is a movie that i thought was mm. good in every way except that i thought the animation was boring mm. um and and i guess i got some of that here like uh oh this just looks so jerky and and flat um but uh link ladder is the kind of director that i will continue to give the benefit of the doubt so uh i'm definitely um into it i didn't know I literally didn't know anything about it until like I I knew there was a movie coming out called Apollo Ten and a Half. Didn't know what it was. Aaron told me this is the trailer watching. I watched it this morning, so I didn't know what it was at all. Mm-hmm. Um and uh immediately recognized Zachary Levi just from the 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 rotoscoping. Like he <laughs> it looks exactly like him. I was I, I I didn't recognize anyone else except for like Jack Black's voice, but uh I don't know what that says about the rotoscoping. It's like that's a good Likeness of Zachary Levi. That's definitely him. Glenn Powell stuck out to me more, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Zachary you know, to me has like a blander face, I guess. I don't know. But then I, then I was like, oh, wait, Shazam. Um, and then I morphed into a superhero. And yeah. Me, like, yeah. And, and your uh, brothers and sisters, too. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah. I suddenly had siblings. That was the thing about Shazam. <laughs> Abe, where are you with uh, Apollo 10 and a half? I wasn't sure what it was either, uh, and then checking it out, I was I was pretty excited to go check it out. I finished the trailer and I was like, "Oh, great! Uh, another Linklater written and directed movie." This time for Netflix, because you texted me, "There's another Apollo movie," and I was like, yeah. I, re- "I desperately want you to like see this." And be like, "That's what this is." Not really sure what it was. <laughs> I was like, "Maybe it's a comedy. Maybe it's like another like lame horror movie." But I was 
very intrigued by the premise. Um, but I think more, what I'm more interested in is what we talked about, which is Linklater kind of doing things about growing up and uh, set in like Texas. So let's go check it out. But my, my largest, it's not even like a hurdle or even a criticism or like being stuck on anything. It's kind of just more of, well, you know, the Netflix straight to Netflix distribution hasn't really had the strongest track record. That's kind of like my, my largest pause, I suppose. Um, but I'm still giving it up for a link later. According to the call to action at the end of the trailer that I watched, it is also getting a theatrical release. Oh, so it's one of their it says more prestige select, movies. Yeah, it says in select theaters in March and coming to Netflix April 1st. That's what okay. the trailer I watched said at the end. It did premiere at South by Southwest last week. Um, and yeah, it, it's one of those that does have like a simultaneous release but that's still gonna be pretty limited um the, this is the kind of thing though where like it's this <laughs> when you have people like richard linklater or like established directors i'm less concerned with the netflix of it all it's just sure. like yeah, all right that's just this is the place that would give the money to make a movie <laughs> as opposed to yeah netflix will just throw things at you uh i um i'm a fan of the rotoscoped films from richard linklater i like waking life and i really like a scanner darkly so yeah, sure. More of this. Um, and I, you know, I, I enjoy space age era stuff. Uh, I enjoy Richard Linklater coming of age movies. I enjoy Jack Black and Richard Linklater movies. So it's like, I can't seem to lose <laughs> with everything that's going on here. Uh, but right. So I, I, I am looking forward to this quite a bit. Um, I didn't know it was coming and that's always a fun surprise. Like, Oh, that's a thing. <laughs> Richard Linklater made a movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's this in particular. It's like, well, that's, that's interesting. David, I will say you haven't seen a scanner darkly. Uh, I know you enjoy Keanu. He's great in that movie. Like that's yeah. I I, really I tend to put to. that up like one of his top performances. I think he's absolutely and like talking about the animation. I think that's the movie that really knows what it wants to do with the road. Like it really uses that to its advantage as opposed to being a stylistic choice. I do think there's things that are better accomplished because it's using that style of animation. Um, this one I'm not sure. I, I I'm curious if it's more because why not make it more abstract. Or some yeah something on the lines of well it's easier to make a rocket ship if you have rotoscope animation I don't know but I guess you know we'll see but for the for more I'm sitting it's like there's just a lot of stuff that I really like in Linklater but and even Glenn Powell who was last in Everybody yeah. Wants Some which I really liked and I really liked him in I can't um, wait for Top Gun to come out because uh, you know he's in that yeah <laughs> been so over two years yeah he seems like a guy who's been waiting to be a bigger star yeah um, Glenn Powell by the way he was uh, he was what he was um. Was he Neil? He wasn't Neil Armstrong. He was the other one. He was John Glenn in, um, in Hidden uh, Figures. Yeah, in Hidden Figures. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah so. so he's just doing a lot of stuff in space. And, and flight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has the right stuff. That's what I'm saying. Ha. <laughs> uh, so Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood, arrives on Netflix and some select theaters April 1st, 2022. That's not a joke, right? <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm the one person that doesn't take April 1st as a joke day. So yeah, okay. that's, uh, that's right. fine. I'm glad I'm glad. All right, so that's uh, that's that. Let's go on to our main review for After Yang. Come on, Yang. What are you doing? Come, come on. What happened to Yang? I don't know. He shut down last night. He won't restart. Has this happened before? No. If we can't get Yang fixed, we're not gonna buy another sibling for Mika. 
It is an interior core problem. I need your permission to break open the core. We've always known that some bots are equipped with spyware. You might not want this bot in your house anymore. I wish I had a real memory. What do you mean? Did you only want to be human? That's such a human thing to ask, isn't it? honest with you. Wait, it's, it's not being honest an option for you. Do you want him back? Of course I do. I want him back too. That should have been some of the trailer for After Yang. In 2017, video essayist turned filmmaker Koganada released his acclaimed film Columbus, starring John Cho and Haley Richardson, a few years later, his sophomore effort after Yang debuted at the Cannes Film Festival. It more recently had a showing at the Sundance Film Festival before its release in theaters and on Showtime, giving Colin Farrell two big March movies for people to see and kind of see him in. Uh, in After Yang, Farrell and Queen and Slim's Jodie Turner-Smith star as husband and wife and parents of an adoptive daughter and a robotic child named Yang. When Yang malfunctions, the family goes on something like a spiritual journey to figure out what their next step should be whether that's fixing Yang or head in another direction. This is enhanced by <clears throat> this is enhanced by an exploration of Yang's memories, which reveal more than may have been expected. David, are you a fan of uh, what Koganada has brought to the screen so far? And what do you think of after Yang? Uh, <clears throat> yes, ab- absolutely. I really liked um, uh, Columbus and after Yang, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which one I like more after Yang is uh more up my alley because i i tend to find movies about memory really fascinating i feel like cinema is particularly well suited to exploring memory um and so after yang is uh, very much my cup of tea uh, um uh, there's a lot of tea in the movie the listeners maybe don't know that <laughs> i was i was i was getting the applause <laughs> button ready for everyone to hear that line uh but uh, yeah, so you, there's um, all of the elements of this movie are really working uh, together great. Um, you know, Koganada is, you mentioned he's a visual like uh, essay, video essayist and, and, and a stylist. And I feel like the, the, the style of his movies is um, uh, often front and center in the way, especially the way they're marketed, you know, um, that they, they look very uh, composed and and balanced and you've got a a, a, a great atmospheric score uh, by Aska, I think is her name um, uh, or, or at least her uh, what she records under um, uh, yeah but in both movies you've also got uh, he's he has a remarkable facility with with actors um, and I think not to discount the role of a director when it comes to actors but like 90% of it I think is often just casting um, and smart move to uh, bring Haley, Haley Lou Richardson back it's a supporting role this time but uh, she uh, I'm 
on record as being one of the biggest Haley Lou Richardson fans. She's one of the uh, uh, best things that anyone can do for their movie is cast Haley Lou Richardson in it. She's um, she's been terrific at everything that she's been in. Uh, Colin Farrell, you know, early in the podcast, I mentioned sort of uh, people giving Ben Affleck a second chance. I feel like that's kind of happened with Colin Farrell too. Um, for those of us who are old enough to remember when he was like a tabloid fixture you know and mm-hmm. and and a scandalous you know sexy leading man and he's sort of like uh come back as this um uh charismatic and dedicated and very cerebral internal character actor uh i think he and, got that like much he got that sooner than affleck because he he like in bruges is like what 2005 six or eight no 2008 but like he like I feel like it took a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Colin Farrell. You're, you're not. You're not wrong though. Yes, he, yeah. he you know, became a star so so quickly and was attached to so many like mainstream movies before it's like you know what? How about some indie stuff for a bit? And, uh, yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah. You've after Yang the the tone of after Yang is so quiet and contemplative that I think you could risk. Uh, having a situation where I, I felt like last year's uh, Lamb, the um, Norwegian movie, is that right? Do I have the right country? Is that Norwegian? Uh, maybe Finland. No, it's Icelandic. Yes, it's yeah. an Icelandic. Movie. Icelandic, yeah. Um, I'm such a, a, a dumb. American. I was quietly I'm, looking it up. So, something <laughs> all the Scandinavian countries together. Uh, Lamb was a movie that didn't work to me because for me because it's it was so self serious and quiet and contemplative that it became funny to me. Like it became parodical uh i think it's it's somewhat intentionally humorous it is about a half human half man so yeah that's what it's about okay (laughs) what um those trailers weren't kidding and i think in less delicate hands after yang could have been could have come across as as pompous or or pretentious but Uh um uh oh and but a lot of the reason that it doesn't comes down to colin farrell and just how much he's not just posing for the camera and looking pensive you you believe that he's actually thinking and worrying and caring about these things that he's uncovering or or the things that he's um not sharing a lot of this movie is about secrets and 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 i think like shame you know like uh you know he he learns things about yang that he doesn't Mm-hmm. share with uh jody turner smith mm-hmm. um that's not her character's name <laughs> um, <laughs> i just don't know it it was a bold uh, choice to name her yeah. Jody turner smith. <laughs> yeah. kyra um, kyra yeah uh so yeah it's Kira. a, a, a it's a it's a very uh, um beautiful movie uh it's also a very uh, emotional movie and it has some more daring aspects with like not to give too much away but there's a dance sequence and there's like elements of like a period piece and when i guess it is a period piece because it's set in the in the future Uh, i like that it doesn't intentionally like it doesn't specify how far in the future right because it could be somewhat near but i think the more you learn about the world the more you think like oh maybe this is way in the future um i i liked what it doesn't does and doesn't uh reveal i feel like there was something else i was we can we can talk more about it. As oh, I was gonna it. say, uh, it you know what it reminded me of, mm-hmm. um, Michael Almorita's Marjorie Prime, which is also oh okay a movie about memory and also a movie with, with which... John.ham at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, two M's. 
Yeah, and then like like you said, Yang is an android who is meant to be an aid to an, to a human being. John Hamm in Marjorie Prime is a hologram who's meant to be an aid to a human being. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and they both have to deal with uh, the way that uh, people have an ex individual human beings have an expiration date, but things live on in our memories and in the air and in our blood and uh, the things that we imbue them with. Mm-hmm. All right, those those are my thoughts. So I look forward. I look forward to getting to more of those. But Abe, uh, where are you with um, After Yang? You know, in a word, I think it's remarkable. Um, I really enjoyed After Yang. I think that there's a lot of things that it is going for, and a lot of themes that it's hitting upon. It's quite contemplative about you know just flat out death um, and kind of just uh, sort of like this weird grieving process. Um, like there was a certain point in the movie where. Uh, I did get fairly emotional because just talking about uh, a situation and how they're going to deal with a situation um, and how perhaps it might uh, help out uh, Yang in some, some way, some capacity and for the family. And I was like, wow, this is very like insightful and thoughtful. Um, I also found that it was, it was a, a really interesting, like, I guess, directorial car ride um, to go into the future and kind of look at this um, this future in a way that is less like matrixy and a little bit more like a little bit softer on the edges. Um, and, you know, there's like times where you go into a computer interface and it's not so much like a, a Linux system, like in Jurassic park uh, or a Unix system in Jurassic park. It's, it's very much more like uh, I don't know, to some degree it feels more tangible, even though it's impossible for it to be tangible. It's a computer interface. Um, but it just feels more more warm, I suppose. Um, and then you're introduced to some characters that I didn't really know what their intentions were at first. And then you kind of get to know them and you kind of get to know their backgrounds. And it actually touches upon some other interesting topics of um, machine learning to some degree. And uh, maybe even like some stuff from like Alien Covenant, but done in a much, again, warmer and a, softer, a less nihilistic way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And softer way um, of what it means to, I guess, not even be human. Cause again, they, they make actually a reference to that and how they say that's such a, a um, like an acute closed off way of thinking, um, but just to feel and to live. And, and so like, there are times where I, I was just really uh, pondering uh, in this movie and, I, there are some things that sort of like lull for me uh, here and again, here and again, but on the whole, I, I thought that it was a remarkable movie and I, I came away from it kind of just really emotionally. I don't even want to say charged up. I, I was just, uh, I felt like the, um, the impact of the performances and the impact of the, the message, I guess that I was, that the director was trying to go for. So it's been a really interesting journey. Like, I, I kind of want to watch it again because I, I kind of need to see where it places, but it certainly was like a strong contender for one of my favorite movies of this year so far. Take that scream. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, am a fan of the film as well. Um, yeah, there's, there's it, being a, a, you know, one of these, contemplative uh, what's it all mean about life movies with sci-fi elements um, that's very much my bag and hey there's a lot of Andrei Tarkovsky movies you can check out to get some more things as well uh, but this which 
almost feels like a version on that, except like nicer. Um, I really appreciated what it was going for. I think Koganada, um, who made Columbus, which I also really like, I enjoy that he took a new kind of like, it, you know, it's just when you look at that film, seeing this, it's like, okay, this isn't too far from what he was doing before, but there's certainly a, a jump in what kinds of where he's headed um, as far as being a director and like what he wants to incorporate here. And I appreciated that kind of evolution as a filmmaker, but just watching this movie specifically, it's such a, a tender and like thoughtful film uh, focused on like life and what life is, what death is and what have you, like, as you guys have already explained. And I, I just found myself like swimming in this, like just really enjoying being in this world that's been created. Um, these are, these performances are, it's the kind of thing where it's like a lot of like mumbly contemplative performances that I enjoy. Like we're seeing Colin Farrell just kind of go around and watch stuff and react and get a perspective on things and respond to those. It's just, I was happy to like just be in that and like sit in that for a while and think about what that means. We're seeing these flashbacks and like the way it's all shot and has a lot of soft lighting and what have you. Like there's just a lot of, good good filmmaking taking place here as far as getting a viewer in a certain kind of mood that i appreciated um from a like a world building standpoint i liked how you know for being a low budget a24 movie i think there's a lot to get out of what you basically learn about how what this future is as far as self-driving cars the use of ai obviously even like some far off shots of what the city looks like. It's like, this is neat. I, I just, there's like so much to appreciate about just being here and taking in like, what is, what is this? What is this place that we're in? Um, as far as the, you know, the rest of the, you have a, you know, a number of uh, solid character actors, like building up the rest of this cast. And it was, it was one thing it was especially nice to see, which is named Richie Coster as like the, I guess the, he's like, uh, not black market but like a kind of it's like a friend mechanic friend mechanic like a mechanic that like yeah. goes you know he he does his own thing as opposed yeah. to like so what Instead i like saying my dogs are hungry yeah, exactly what well that's what i'm saying what i like is that he's playing a guy who you know seems like a normal person and not like an over-the-top gangster or something sure. like that like like I, i've seen him in a lot of things and it's like it's nice to see him settled into something like this where he's like he's a human um, he's like like a guy that exists uh, in the same way it's seeing like uh, Sarita Chowdhury, Chowdhury who's always yeah. great I'm um, glad you called her out I love her she's wonderful in this movie and something she also gets to everybody in this movie gets to speak their own accent which I also appreciate <laughs> um, it's something it's a little thing but it's like I like that there's not we're not putting on airs about like where we are it's not about you know, acting as if we are in a, all in a certain same place and we all speak the same or what have you. I like that all the actors just get to basically like not play themselves, but like just be themselves playing in certain characters. Mm -hmm. And so you and so you get that from someone like uh, you know Sarita Chowdhury, who has often played characters that have like more of like a a, a South Asian accent or something like that. It's like no, she's just playing herself <laughs> to some degree, and like this gets right. to be the character. Uh, same with like Clifton Collins Jr. Yeah. Who, with his wig, uh, which is the great. most unreal. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the it's the future, him though. being a family man. What? It's, it, it's the future, though. So I assume that the wigs are the style. <laughs> like, I, I I like to think that the, that the film that the film knows it's a wig also, and that he's just wearing that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to call it one other actor. I don't know if it's Brett Deer or Dyer. He's uh, from Jane the Virgin, but he's like the uh, genius bar guy. He's got one scene. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he's great. 
Uh, and I just, he's great in that one scene, but he also has one scene in Fresh. He's the opening scene of Fresh, if you guys have watched Yeah, Hulu's okay, Fresh. yeah, okay. It's this, and like, this guy is, uh, this is the year of just Brett Deere or Dyer just <laughs> showing up and knocking it out of the park in one, uh-huh. in one scene. Um, he's still going to have to charge you, though. And, 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 <laughs> and speaking of the actors, uh, Justin H. Min as Yang. Yeah. Uh, we, right. you know, we learn a lot about him throughout the film in different ways there's something about having to both like play a character that yes, is a robot and knows that they're a robot, but also still has this level of humanity within them that can't be easy to do. It can't be easy to like emote certain ways like that and, and find that right balance. But I, I do think, I mean, like you, David, you said like casting is a lot of it sure. And then you right. have to be pointed in certain directions based on the writing and the filmmaking and whatever is going on there. I think Koganada is accomplishing that really well. Yeah. There, there's like a, a lot of great acting in here as well. I mean, we mentioned Farrell. I mean, Aaron and I have been on the Farrell train of him doing smaller projects and kind of using his real accent um, versus stuff like uh, Total Recall reboots. But um, I think that he's he's delivering on a performance that is like under everybody here is fairly understated. Sure. Um, but I think that there's like this weird like I. I he's like a good dad, but he's also like not a great dad kind of thing. But then as the movie progresses, you're just like, man, like I, I, I get how Yang kind of like teaches you not just the dog. Cause he's there. Yang is there as a, um, they're very open about this in the movie. Like they, they adopted a Chinese daughter and Yang is there to help give some Asian influence about where she comes from. And uh, that side of the, uh, that side of her family, I suppose. Um, and then as the movie progresses, you're just like, well, you know, Jake is, he seems like he's just like working in his tea shop and like really like aloof, but you know, he becomes much more engaged and he's like, he's also learning because Yang's also like teaching. And so there's like, there's really nice like flashback moments. And this also happens with, with Kira as well. But um, I, I just thought that like all their acting was just really, really well done. Like for a movie that is not super flashy at all. Um, and then again, like what you mentioned, David, like, you know, Haley Lee Richardson shows up and that takes me for a, a different ride in the movie that I really also appreciated because of what, uh, what her, her background is. Um, so, um, yeah, there was just a really, a lot to appreciate about this movie. And, and I, I don't know, like, um, Aaron, you're talking about like the scenes there. I was listening to, I was listening to an, uh, an interview with, uh, Coconata about this. And he was talking about like the butterfly scene where uh, Justin was like, I'm, I'm getting fairly emotional reading this. So let me just go and, and read this scene here. And I might just start crying. It's like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you might need to do. Um, and it's very fascinating because he was mentioning that I did multiple takes. Hoganada did multiple takes. And you see this in the movie too. Like you'll see different scenes of Jody Turner Smith talking about the butterflies. And he used both of them kind of uh, the reason why he did all of that was just because he wanted to give the impression that, you know, memories always change too. So maybe your memory is different from just like a week ago or whatever. Which I like. I picked up on right. that as far yeah. as why he was trying to make those choices. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's ways you interpret things, which is interesting to see, especially in a area where yeah. you have robots that can literally record all these right. things. So like all of that together just really makes for what I felt was an impactful movie um, on my senses. I don't, you know, I, we've talked about Colin Farrell a lot. Uh, I don't want to pass this up, but, but though, by saying he does a spot on Werner Herzog impression. I, I thought like, the same thing. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, this is really like, you're definitely doing Werner like as your reference point for this he's, accent. He's talking about this uh, documentary all in this tea, by the way, for anyone that's curious yeah. what film he's referencing. Um, 
as far as that goes. But yeah, he has uh-huh. this, this really great Werner Herzog impression. It's like <laughs> Colin Farrell just nogging it out with all these things right now. I know. Abe, right. uh, you, you mentioned like the flashiness. I don't want to not talk about this either. The opening credit sequence of this movie is an all timer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is like, and I, I, I want to know like how you guys thought about the, you know, the the slide from something as big as that to the movie that you know the rest of the film presents as far as being more meditative. But before we get to you know that kind of transition, sure. How much fun is that opening? Like what I, there's so many layers to it because I've watched it so many times because A24 made that clip available. But <laughs> what I one of the things I really like is how we're we're introduced to the rest of the cast through this opening right but i like that all of the cast have like their own family and we don't even necessarily meet the rest of the families from the other cast members i just like that it implies like yeah they have lives too and and it throws us (laughs) and it throws us into that however briefly just through this series of of this dance challenge that we're watching yeah but i've talked a lot what do you guys think of this opening i was delighted by it like you said, A24 like released it on its own, and I was kind of like sad because I had the experience of not knowing it was coming yeah. when I watched the movie, <laughs> and I I, I um, would hate for people to not have that experience to go in like waiting for the uh, the dance sequence, and then it comes really early, and then it's it's gone. Uh, but I guess now the <laughs> now the cat's out of the bag, and um, so uh, but I uh, I really liked it as far as. Um, sci-fi movies with a buzzy dance sequence it's i think it's even better than ex machina because <laughs> that's fair yeah because I, here's the, like ex machina is like super fun but that one got sort of so like social media kind of blew that out of proportion where if you went and watched ex machina and like oh yeah there's a dance sequence in it it's like it's 15 seconds and may, maybe not even that yeah, yeah. whereas whereas this one is like a full uh long sequence it's probably like a minute long or something like that. Oh, it's 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 two and a half minutes. Two and a half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, like, it's the opening credits. So yeah. yeah. Um, I very, I really enjoyed cool. the dance sequence, and so you know, not knowing too much about this, I'd seen the trailer before, but not knowing too much about like you know the movie, I was like, oh, this is the kind of movie that we're in for, <laughs> where it's like fairly like it's weird, downer, depressing because right before they do the dance sequence, he's like, you got to spend more time with um, with Mika. And then he's like suiting up and you're like, why is he suiting up? And then the next yeah. sequence you see is just like them all doing this dance sequence. It's like, oh, okay. So it's going to be like one of those like weird, like, you know, sorry to bother you type movies um, where it's like serious, but also like silly. And then it just wallops you with like, no, it's actually just a pretty serious sci-fi movie. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed that. So it was a good like change of pace, but I also enjoyed like its purpose because its purpose is like, hey, we have to do things with our daughter because this is what she wants to do. And uh, it also is the catalyst for the rest of the movie. I, I watched this a second time for this episode oh. so I could just be fresher on it. The, and the movie so, or, or the dance sequence? The movie. Okay. The dance sequence I've seen a number of times at this point because <laughs> they released that clip. <laughs> but uh, I did I did see the movie before the dance sequence though. Um, <laughs> but But the, like you're saying, the kind of the prep they do for it, it's fun to watch it that second time and be like, Oh, that this is them suiting up for this thing. Like it's that they're having this very casual conversation before they get into this very elaborately choreographed number. Yeah. Um, and I, we can get off this because it's just a small part of the thing. But I, I just I do like that you have all these very specific moves they're doing, and because you get four different families to watch doing them, it's neat to see you know how they all interpret doing these moves as as um as minimal as that may be in the scheme of things. It's just there's just a lot of 
you know, Koganada seems like a guy that doesn't want to put a lot of emphasis too much on one thing. It's or like in the in a way that's as flashy as it is. Like his he has a level of subtlety where there's symmetry in his films and there's very deliberate shots of things like I mean with Columbus, especially architecture, but just the way he's framing his movie, like there's there's choices made in all of that. So to have him like go all out with something like this is like I, I'm curious what's in his future as far as this goes. If like he, if he has this kind of thing in him, I'm not saying he needs to do like an action blockbuster or something like that. But it's just like, huh, <laughs> that's such a that's such a dramatically different thing going on than the rest of this movie. Yeah. But if that's a deleting into how this plays with the rest of it, I didn't I didn't mind that this was like the only time we had this kind of I don't know what you want to call it this release this separate entity that kind of builds to something else completely. It didn't bother me. I, I it felt like it just brought me into this world more because I was already in on some of these characters to some degree, mm-hmm. even if that's like subconscious. Just this kind of thought that I'm going to be meeting these people at some point, and the movie's kind of directed me to them in some way. Mm-hmm. And then you get this movie that explores that in a variety of ways. So it's just it's neat. It's it's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, in this film, we obviously have we have. AI, we have robots, technology. There's also the concept of clones that exists and even like a, a kind of a, a lack of acceptance on the part of all the characters involving that. What do you guys think of the, like how it handles these various kind of sci-fi concepts that it brings in, introduces? Um, it's, I don't know what I thought of it because it, I think intentionally doesn't have like a... Sure. It's not... Um, lecturing it's not prescriptive it's not saying here's how the movie views this it's uh it's it's more of a of a gray area yeah um which i feel uh i meant to mention earlier when you talk about the music that um mitski recorded a new song for this movie that is only in the body of the movie for five seconds Mm -hmm. uh, and then it plays over the over the credits but Mm -hmm. um it's a very important five seconds but also meta like meta textually so that song that Mitski recorded is a cover of a song by a band called Lily Choo Choo, which is a fictional band from a movie called All About Lily Choo Choo that's about people who are fans of a fictional band. Whoa. So like I feel like even that like is tying into this uh gray area of what is considered like real or 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 fake you know and how yeah. how real is a clone how real is yang you know um does it does it matter um i don't know i just i had meant to bring up the mitski song and then you bringing up the this 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 question of humanity and authenticity sort of made me, made me think that uh there's something going on with why that song was chosen i love the mitski reference i mean it's it, i didn't know that and that actually it adds a lot to the movie i mean Koganada doesn't seem like a guy that would miss some details. So mm-hmm. um I I really enjoyed like Aaron to answer your question, like anytime that there's anything like this, like sci-fi where it's like clones and whatever else, like I'm all for it. Um, like even like schlocky stuff like sixth day or what have you. <laughs> but I, I think it's just like really fascinating. But I think that this falls more with like the never let me go type of clone. Oh, for sure. And and that's where it's like, oh, you know, like I especially like when you learn more about this character and um, the details and the history and whatever else, like it, it actually does add like a layer of 
of, um, of emotion to what you're watching. So, um, you know, whether it's clones, androids, whatever the case is, like, I, I'm all for it. I mean, give me anything that is like life breathing. AI. Like, I even watch like that David Nexus commercial from time to time for Prometheus. What a great commercial. Um, but I, I'm all for these types of, um, to the types of things. I, I agree. And it, whether or not it's in the background or in the forefront, I, I just appreciate the, the fact that there is the thought that's went into like, well, what else would be in the society at this point? What have you? And even mm-hmm. just the, in the hints that like Colin Farrell's character is quote unquote racist against clones for whatever he like it's or whatever his like morality falls into or have you like, it's, it's interesting that that's like stuff that's there. Um, cause it just makes, it makes things filled out more without having yeah. to like focus on it entirely. If you want to talk about movies, this reminded me by the way, um, Gattaca came to mind a lot. Interesting. Also, yeah. um, both in like the presentation of the world, the fact that it's like sci-fi, but not like full, you know, not like flying cars. I don't even know. Actually, there could be right. flying cars. I don't know. <laughs> There's cars and they, they drive themselves and they have plants in them. So maybe yeah. they fly also. I don't know. That's what I've got to start doing next. I got to put a plant in my car, but yeah. in terms of, Yeah. <laughs> It's, it seemed like a comfortable ride. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Yeah, Probably the yeah. air is really fresh inside and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's what the self-driving cars from Time Cop were missing. Exactly. Plants, you know, yeah. Foliage. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Dolph Lundgren. Otherwise, he's not in it. <laughs> he's, in, he's in Time Cop too. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're... No, no, he's... he's no, Universal, Universal Soldier. Universal Soldier, yeah. You're, you're obviously confusing <laughs> Dolph Lundgren with Ron Silver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce McGill. Yeah. Oh, Bruce McGill. Wow. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Bruce McGill only appears in sci-fi films involving him being the authority figure of a detective agency. Yeah. Um, that's a Blade Runner joke. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, wait, is that JT Walsh? What am I thinking of a Blade Runner? Um, anyway, uh, it's M. Emmett Walsh. It, M. Emmett Walsh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, M. Emmett Walsh. Wait, no. Wow. Who's the other one? Though is it? There's another guy though. Who's who gets killed at the beginning of Blade Runner? <laughs> is it JT Walsh? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was JT Walsh, but I can't remember yeah, right now. It's been so long. There's a guy like who's interrogating at the beginning. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was it Bry- Byron James or whatever. Like throws him through a wall. Um, LeBron's son. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're, 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 we're so far off. Yeah, we're we're talking about AI and clones. <laughs> we need to we need to settle this Bruce McGill JT Walsh debate. <laughs> um, um, clones, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting idea. That's yeah, not fully explored more, but I appreciate that it's there. Um, God, I can't figure it out either. I know Emmett Walsh is in it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else about this book? Um, here's a, a thought I had. Now the sure the idea that they have an adopted daughter who is she's she's Chinese, right? Not, in not, the in the movie, yes. In the movie, yes. Okay. Um, and that they have Yang they brought in to, as as described, kind of help make her more comfortable with the fact that she has parents that are decidedly not Chinese, um, to some degree. Do we see other robots in this movie? Not, not that you are like we, overtly aware of, but like there's, we get, like some there's a point where he visits yeah. one character's house yeah. and he asks for the owners, and that's probably that's a, robot. a robot. Yeah. Yeah. But she's also of Asian descent, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and interesting. I, I didn't I didn't uh, pick up on that. And I'm I'm curious, like, is if if that's a factor in this movie, like because we did you know we have a limited understanding of how many robots there are out there, but like the the fact that we're only seeing robots that seem to be of Asian descent, I, I'm curious if that's if if that's hinting at something or it's mm. like if, if like that's the like 
that part of the world is what's capitalized on this technology or what have you. It's just it's another thing that kind of like yeah. hit my head as far as like what, how does this work exactly? Or how does yeah, this that's an interesting. Observation. I I didn't check it out. I mean, I have I might have to check it out again then. I pick up on that. But I mean, it felt as though there was like maybe like somebody at the coffee shop too. But I mean, who can tell? This is turning into a, a definitely a next machina situation of just like they're they're among us. They're all passing the test. Yeah, <laughs> Alicia, Alicia Vikander got out there and she spread the word. Yeah. In the, the test being administered by the character Holden, played by Morgan Paul, Paul with two L's. Hmm. That's the guy you're thinking of from the opening okay. of Blade Runner, Morgan right. Paul. There's no Emmett Walsh in there at all. Well, Emmett Walsh is he's the other. Yeah, he, guy. he's there in the movie, but that's he doesn't get blown away. I guess him and JT Walsh and McGill, like they all have a certain <laughs> yeah. kind of look to them. That's why I was like, I, I just was like, if it's Michael Mann, it's definitely Bruce McGill. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's his guy. Okay. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. It was very yes. important. Yes. Any, any other thoughts on after, after Yang? Uh, I just want to quickly mention that I, I really liked their use of space in this movie. Like, again, he's only shooting in like maybe like three locations or two locations. Three or four, because the tea shop, their house, the car, and maybe the the museum or something. I mean, they visit a few places, but I know what you're. Yeah, as far as main locations, we visit. There's a few primary ones. It feels large, even though it's not. And I I really like when movies can make you feel as though you actually are taking like a two hour car ride or or what have you. It feels like there's space. I can agree. Like, yeah, there's a there's a deliberate use, and I think that reflects kind of the mood of the characters in a lot of ways as well. Like, you get a lot of that's sorry, negative space, but there's a lot of like room for characters to kind of be around. And yet, yeah, you're focused on them and their kind of internal uh, contemplations that they're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I, I do, I mean, as much as the movie very clearly feels like the Colin Farrell show, um, I, I do think that it could have benefited from having more perspective from Kira. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like there's a couple of, a couple of, I mean, I get that it's part of what he's going through, but it's like, there's a couple of scenes where he's just like, kind of talking to her about what's going on and then we we eventually get like a flashback scene between her and yang which is nice like there's mm-hmm. a nice uh, conversation they have there and for a 90 minute movie like i don't i don't think it's belaboring itself but yeah it's all right. it feels like it accomplishes what it needs to but it feels like we could have gotten a little more perspective on you know the mother's side of the family in addition to jake's side yeah that it wasn't so much a nitpick but that was one of the things that i kind of like wrote down mentally as a note which is just um the judge turner smith stuff like sometimes it felt as though it was like she was the bad guy in some of the situations, but it's clearly just two parents that are, they're not like falling out of, out of a relationship. It's kind of just more like they're, they're just very busy. Um, and so it would have been nice to have some more context with her in it. Like you mentioned, it does kind of uh, give you the a scene later with, with uh, her and Yang. But um, at that point, you're kind of just like, well, you know, um, it's like two thirds of the movie in already. Any other thoughts? I'm trying to go through all my notes at this point about the movie. Check it out. It's right. it's is it ultra limited release? Well, it was available in limited release in theaters for a few yeah. weeks. I think it's pretty not available now in theaters, but it is on Showtime currently. Okay. Also, it can currently released on Showtime, uh, so anyone can see it there for the time being uh, before it gets its whatever eventual release uh, that it has on the way. But with mm-hmm. that, with that said, when should people go and see After Yang? I I did I was able to catch it in theaters uh, at one screening here, so I would I mean this is a movie that I, I would recommend for people to check out. Yeah, I forget what my choices are, but uh, it's just what like what what the 
what degree of anticipation should you have? Should you go see it right away in a theater? Yeah. Should you watch it right away on streaming? Should you wait? Should you no, red you, box it? <laughs> if you can see it in a theater, definitely see it in a in a theater. But uh, yeah, don't uh, don't put it off. Watch it. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, I I do think it's one of the best films of the year, if not the best film of the year so far. It's very good, wow. well acted. I think it has plenty going for it. So yeah, I would certainly recommend it heavily. Okay, we did. We talked about after yay. Wow, great. And we got to the bottom of our great Blade Runner debate also. So, uh, <laughs> we all we accomplished a lot this week is what I'm saying. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. But that's not all, though, because now it's time. Hey, what, uh, what time is it? it? Might be time for a quick game here. Cacophonous. That's actually the, the tone that plays when you open up Yang's memory banks. Cacophonous is the name of my Colin Farrell tribute band also. Mm, so we have that. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about his love of tea, by the way. <laughs> I think I think I, I really everything he said about tea, I really enjoyed. Let's yeah. put that out there. It's a great tea yeah. conversation. I'm not a, I'm not even a tea drinker. I don't like tea, but hearing him talk about tea, pretty cool. And and is a tea purist. No crystallizations here. Yeah, Just no no tea pure, crystals. Yeah, yeah, pure leaves. Freak that one woman out. She's like, oh, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, I, that was actually another remark that I like, which is like, I like that uh, Coconata let these characters uh, have like empty space. Which is to say, like that woman doesn't have to be there, and then we also didn't need to see uh, Cleo, uh, Sarita walk away for like ten seconds, but it's there. Okay, so now we get to our games. Yes, uh, I have a game for you guys this week. It is called Nuts and Bolts. Okay, I have a series of movies that all feature robots. All right, I'm going to read to you the tagline of said movie, and you have to guess what film I'm referring to. Let's do it. If you feel you know the answer, say your name, and then the Abe. answer. Meet the Robinsons. David. That I, uh, the buzzer. The buzzers work, guys. It's uh, okay, it's, right. it's it's registering on say, my. Should I say Dave to like shave off that little like millisecond? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna buzz it after you. <laughs> to, to be to be clear, saying your name the fastest doesn't make you be the first. <laughs> if if your name was Bartholomew, if I hear the b first, right, that's right. what matters. Okay. <laughs> That's how sound works? I had no idea. Uh, we're, we're talking about the speed of sound, just okay. like Coldplay did that one time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this game. Here's the first one. Mankind was born on Earth. It was never meant to die here. Abe. Abe? Interstellar. Interstellar is the correct answer. Yes. You're on the board. I can leave the game now, David. <laughs> <laughs> here's the next one. Coming to your galaxy this summer. What, what's the theme of this game again? Robots. Because robots? Robots. Okay. Coming to your galaxy? This summer. David? David. Is it batteries not included? Incorrect. Coming to your galaxy. Abe? Abe? Uh, galaxy Quest? I'm not trying to trick you with this question, guys. (laughs) Let's try this one more time. Coming to your galaxy this summer. Like, immediately. What movie could be coming to your galaxy? Lilo and Stitch? (laughs) Is it a Star War? It is a Star War, yes. Oh, is it? Is it Star Wars? Yes, it's Star Wars. Wow, okay. Coming to your galaxy this summer? I'll give you a point. You should, yeah. Because you, you got there. <laughs> just, I thought it was big and broad. Thinking, What's the biggest and broadest version of that tackle? <laughs> All right, here's the next one. All right. There is nothing more human than the will to survive. Ooh. Abe? 
a Blade Runner. It is not Blade Runner. Mm. I'm going with, a, with an accent this game. I'll give you a hint. This movie won an Academy Award. Wow. For best. David? Yeah. AI? Incorrect. Best yeah. visual effects. Best visual effects. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the tagline? David? Oh, David? iRobot? It's not iRobot. Could this, you repeat the t- There is nothing more human than the will to survive. And then the will to survive. That's what I was thinking iRobot because of will. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that the tagline be written on the poster, and it's all that's part, yeah. Will. That's actually part of his writer. It's just like, hey, the tagline tag have, have to. Yeah. Yeah. I a- will protect the Earth from yeah. the scope of the universe. <laughs> Here's another tagline. Yes. What happens to me if I fail your test? Oh, David. David. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Oh. Okay. Here's the next one. Okay. Their world. Sorry, their war. Our world. Uh, David? Yeah. War of the Worlds? In, are there robots in War of the Worlds? No, incorrect. Yeah, there's the big like tripod things, right? Yeah. Those, are, those, are, those, are, those are ships. Oh, they're okay. not sentient? No, they have those, <laughs> those, still, those ugly aliens fly them. All right. Their world, our loss? Our war. Sorry. Our their, war. their war, our world. Abe? Oh, Abe. Lived, I repeat? No. Where are the robots in that? They're aliens. David. <laughs> they have mechanical parts. David. <laughs> yes, David. Transformers. Transformers is the correct answer. I mean, yeah. you know, crawling in my skin. <laughs> Not the same band. <laughs> is it? That's a Hoobastag song. No, yeah. That's, yeah, a that's crawling in the song. dark. Sorry. That is crawling, a Lincoln Park. Crawling in my, okay. Sorry. Crawl, yeah. Is it called crawling in my skin? No, no. <laughs> Hold on. Let's <laughs> clarify this. <laughs> crawling in my skin. That's like the chorus of a Linkin Park song. Is that the name yeah, of the yeah. song? No, I don't uh, think so. No, it's, I think it's called Crawling. Crawling. That's right. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Crawling is the name of the song. I know this song called Crawling in the Dark. That's a Hoobastank song. Okay. Same era. <laughs> Who knows these Hoobastank songs? This brief music segment was brought to you by... Um, <laughs> Apple TV tweaked, Plus. No, tweaked audio headphones. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Tweakedaudio.com. Yeah. You know, offer code <laughs> pretension. There you go. <laughs> Next question. Yes. I hope you remember that robots are sentient and, and, <laughs> and ships are operated by other things. Just okay. to keep this going. Software. Got it. They went looking for our beginning. What they found could be our end. Abe. Abe? Prometheus. You're on top of Prometheus today. All right. Next one. A chilling, bold, mesmerizing, futuristic detective thriller. That's the tagline? Yes. Uh, David? David? Blade Runner? See, you spent all this time, Abe, not guessing the movie. And guess who got the points? <laughs> really comes to bite you. Here's the next one. If he were any cooler, he'd still be frozen, baby. Oh, Abe. Abe? Demolition Man. Do you think Demolition Man had the title that ended with baby at the end of it? Maybe. Stallone. He's, he's trying to, yeah, he's trying to compete with, with, with Schwarzenegger. That's such a hip version of the Demolition Man. If he were any cooler, he'd still be frozen. Is he baby. part machine in that? No. There's also, yeah, and also no. the lack of robots is another right. part of this. I'm going to have to hear this again. David? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that sounds like Encino Man. Yeah, that's another famous robot movie. But there's no robots in, in it, too, man, right? Who knows? Sean Aston could have been a robot. 
I know it's been so long. I was like, maybe there's a robot. In <laughs> just to, just to pause real quick. My my wallpapers on my computer are shuffled images from movies, and right uh-huh. now it has Wafflebot from a Harold and Kumar Christmas, which is really funny to me. <laughs> <Waffle-bot. laughs> it's, it's exactly that right now. Okay, so it's not Encino Man. It's not Encino Man. Although you're on the right track of being a comedy. Yeah, it's clearly a comedy. Comedic. Yeah, as opposed to Demolition Man. Can I, can I hear that one more time? If you were any cooler, he'd still be frozen, baby. If you were any, if it were any cooler, he'd still be frozen. Baby. I have no idea. I move at a frozen robot. <laughs> yeah, Mike. I'll give you a hint. The char- the lead character being referred to is not a robot. So it's but, a it's a it's a move. Okay, this is the first of a trilogy. But likes to use the word Jeez. baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> cool uh, oh, Abe. <laughs> Abe. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Thank you for the full title. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> Fembots. Fembots, exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad we spent five minutes yeah. on that. Piling <laughs> up the whole entire baby thing to make me and David really feel bad about ourselves. Yeah. I, I, use, I use that to help you not feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Giving you a direct hit. <laughs> A direction that's in the tagline. I didn't make it up. (laughs) Here's the next one. Okay. Once they made history, now they are history. Whoa. That's a good tagline. Hmm. Robots. Once they made history, now they are history. Abe? Abe? Lost in space, hashtag (laughs) R.P. William Hurt. Jesus, incorrect. Oh, this is a tribute to him. This is the middle entry of a trilogy. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask if it was a Terminator, but there's more than three Terminators. There's more than three of those. Middle. Hmm. It's another comedy. Huh. Middle entry. Can you, can you say it one more time? Once they made history, now they are history. Abe. Abe. Back to the Future Part 2. Incorrect. Mm. I guess there's no real robot of that except for the time machine. There might be something in two. I don't know. I forget the shit in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. No, there, there's like all those robots from Cafe 80s. Yeah, there you go. That's not the right answer. So. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this movie contains uh, Ingmar Bergman references. <laughs> there's a hint for <laughs> Uh, David, Bergman, Bergman Island. <laughs> I mean, I, my when I walked out of Bergman Island, I was thinking, was he a Wasikowska robot the whole time? <laughs> that would spice up um, what's her name story that she was telling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know this one. Uh, yeah, any, any more hints? Okay, I'm, I'm trying to not give it away right away. Uh, let's see. Comedy. Uh, middle. It's a, it's a comedy middle entry of a trilogy. Um, it has Ingmar Bergman references. Um, let's see. What's another way to describe this? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. middle entry in a trilogy. You're leaving off that it's like 30, 25 years. Trilogy is a trilogy, baby. The and the third. It's <laughs> yeah. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That is correct. Oh. Yes. It has evil robot usses. Yes. Course. Yeah. Good job. Here's the next one. Oh, this is going to be even more difficult. Be warned, <laughs> it's alive. Warned. It's alive. 
robots now robot might be a bit of a <laughs> misnomer for this one oh, I want, no. I, but it's not a it's maybe not a traditional robot but it is built be warned it's alive and it's built based on a famous novel hmm let's see there are many sequels okay. and and okay. reboots and remakes to some varying degrees Wait, is it Frankenstein? It is Frankenstein, yes. How dare you? It's not, not a robot. Why not? He has nuts and bolts. He's built. <laughs> what is this, the monster? But those man? are all things that are just facilitating the reanimation of flesh. You're not wrong. Although. <laughs> Good one, Aaron. You got the answer. That's what's important. Okay. Here's okay. the next one. When East meets West, the champion remains standing. Ooh. Hmm. The lead character is not a robot. <laughs> oh. Did you hear the answer? No. It's Rocky Four. Okay. All right. Here's the next one. Does he have the robot butler in that one? I thought that was three. No, That's four. No, it's okay. four, and it's not a butler. It was a gift to Polly that he turns into his, like, I don't think it's a butler. sexualized yeah. slave. <laughs> It's super. Oh, weird. Polly, you're so good at turning me on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you're way too good at doing that voice. Um, all right. <laughs> so next one. The most amazing picture ever made. Picture a city 1,000 years from now. Oh. Uh, David. David. Metropolis. Metropolis. Is oh, okay. Running away with this one, guys. Yeah. Uh, a few more. Okay. Something wonderful has happened. Number five is alive. David. David. Short Circuit 2? <laughs> is it just Short Circuit? You okay, already guessed. Circuit. Abe for the steal. Uh, uh, Daryl. Okay, David. Yeah. Short Circuit. That's correct. Boom. <laughs> Daryl's a fun movie. It's about a robot. I call it D-A-R-Y-L. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's really hard to pronounce. It's not what they call him in the movie, but all right. (laughs) I respect him as a robot. Uh, Next question here. Uh, I mean, he's built. His story will touch you, even though he can't. That wait, wait. It goes back to he's built. I mean, (laughs) wait. Say the tagline. Yeah, say the tagline. His story will touch you, even though he can't. His story will touch you, even though he can't. Hmm. David. David. Bicentennial Man? Incorrect. That's, a, that's actually the answer I was thinking too. His story will touch you even though he can't. Hmm. Robots. I, I, I don't know. Oh, David? David. The Iron Giant? Incorrect. Damn. I mean, he touches a lot of people. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think of a robot that, uh, that can't touch people. I'm thinking of like an interface where it's like... Well, well, what gets me is like, it's a, <laughs> so when I made this game, uh-huh. it wasn't necessarily supposed to be all robots. I was trying to make a game where it's just like people that are, aren't like people. <laughs> like that was my answer. So people some of these are, that aren't people. Okay. So something like Frankenstein is like kind of a residual from that where it's like, I guess it's a robot. It's built. This is a same, similar kind of answer. Is it uh, transcendence? It's not transcendence. <laughs> although, but it has the star of transcendence. Johnny Depp? Thank you for naming the star of Transcendence. Oh, David. 
Yeah. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands. Uh, also not a robot. But yeah. <laughs> I. This is a discussion I want to have. It's like, well, he's built and he's like, he's mechanical. Like, I mean, but he is not... animated by flesh and organic. Like, I think it has to do with percentage. Like, Yang okay. is more robot because he's he's an android. He's a robot whose uh-huh. flesh is mm-hmm. like there to just facilitate connection with humans but it's still he still operates mechanically Uh whereas frankenstein's monster or edward scissorhands is is the opposite i I think that's a fair way to put it because it's i do think there's like yeah that like not cyborg but android is a good way to look it's like there's some like there's weird wiggle room (laughs) to consider these things but yeah i I hear what you're saying um but i didn't want to leave them off yeah (laughs) because like okay two more yeah uh the book that 80 million read, the play that 941 cities saw, now the greatest Technicolor show in the world miracle since Snow White. What? Hmm. Book read musical, you said? Uh, yeah. The book that 80 million read, the play that 941 cities play. saw, now the greatest technical color show world miracle since Snow White. Uh, hmm. First off, uh, is this an actual robot? <laughs> I'm sick of like chasing down blind alleys trying to think of robots, and it turns out it's not a robot. Movie. I will say you probably. Uh, I think this is more of a robot that than the other two, but I think you probably don't consider this as a robot because, like, well, it's it's, it's not really like it's such a weird kind of thing. Huh. So probably not a robot. Okay. Um... What's a huge Technicolor film that came out since Snow White? <laughs> like, or like, so close enough to Snow White where you'd reference Snow White as a reference point. Abe, Abe, The Wizard of Oz. That is correct. What? Wow. wow. Okay. Now, is the Tin Man a robot? I mean, he's a Tin Man. Yeah, I would. <laughs> he's he's mostly a robot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he, you know, he finds yeah, a heart he, later. But you certainly don't no, be he's like for courage. Right? But you certainly don't walk around being like best robot movies: Blade Runner, yeah. uh, Tin Man <laughs> Tin from The Man. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Okay, the last one. Journey to a world where robots dream and desire. Journey to a world. This one has lots of robots. Uh-huh. So there. Uh, David. David. Robots. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. And robots somehow came up recently in another game from a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so we've referenced robots a couple of times this year. Quite a while. Journey to a world um, where hmm. robots dream and desire. AI. AI is the correct answer. Oh, okay. There you go. Artificial intelligence. I'm um, above that deadly friend never made it into one of your answers. I had so many I cut because the game was getting okay. way too long. Yeah, I had yeah. chopping them all on here for the longest time. <laughs> I was like, no, I got to get that Frankenstein. Um, guys, got this, is, this has been an entertaining game for me, at least. But David, you won this game handily 10 Woo! to 5. Good job, nice. David. Congrats, Thank David. You. Thank you. Way to go. All right. Uh, that was games. Now let's move on to some now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash now podcast. We ask a number of questions to the listeners and they give us some answers. David, feel free to join in with these if you have any thoughts too. Oh, I will. Okay. Abe? First question is, what films feature fun examples of family bonding? Adam, just your friend of the show, writes, I recently revisited The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. I'm not sure how much all that film works as a cohesive unit, but there's a lot of family to go around. And Chris has Chef. Hmm. I do like me some Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. 
fun examples of family bonding, though. I mean, maybe you just mentioned Royal Tannenbaum's last week. I mean, yeah. when me and Julio go down to the schoolyard and race go karts and stuff with Gene Hackman, that's some pretty. That's some pretty good family bonding. Three hundred seventy fifth Y. Yeah, jump on the back of a um, dumpster, dumpster, dumpster truck. <laughs> um, anything I'll say with the, the, the mosquito coast. <laughs> the family oh picture of that is just everyone smiling because nothing bad ever happened uh, to them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of those like National Lampoon vacation stuff. There you he, go. He's tussling River Phoenix's hair. It's just nonstop <laughs> family bonding in the mosquito coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. National Lampoon's vacation. Yeah, that, that's yeah. All, similar to having a great time throughout those movies. Right. Yeah. You know. yeah. I know like we're the Millers, but I'm going to guess we're the Millers counts. Sure. Sure. Yeah, they become <laughs> a family at the end of it, right? Just like in, uh, just like in, uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, they become a family. They bond. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next question. What's your favorite Colin Farrell performance? Jeff writes in Bruges. Chris has seven psychopaths in Bruges, and his small role in The Gentleman is awesome. Hmm. Gentleman is a good call. In Bruges is a uh, great call. Yeah, I did not like The Gentleman, but uh... <laughs> yeah. Favorite uh, Colin Farrell. Maybe off the top of my head, maybe um, "Killing of a Sacred Deer" or "The Lobster." Oh, okay. those are both those are both great ones. I do really like his um, Lanthimos performances. I think they're pretty great. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, it's hard not for me, for me not to say improves because I really do like improves. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, so I just pulled up. I, I love using using Letterboxd to answer these questions, and I'm glad that I did because uh-huh. I wouldn't have thought of the Big Isles, but he's great in the Big Isles. Oh, the Big Isles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is very good in the Big Isles. <laughs> all right, hmm. that was a good year. That's like that's all seven 2017. Uh, that and uh, what's it's uh, Roman J's Real Esquire, of course. <laughs> yeah. The the triple the triple play the movie of or the lawyer. Film. The, the real life lawyer. Oh, okay. Yeah, the one in down in LA. Yeah. Roman J. Israel. <laughs> uh, the next question is uh, if you could have a movie character as a robot, child, or sibling, who would it be? No answers here because it's a, a too, too close to home question, I guess. <laughs> if you could have Wait, a what movie, is the question? If you could have a movie character as a robot, child, or a sibling, who would it be? I mean, I obviously Wait, choose so not, Wally. It does. That's what I'm saying. Does, does the character have to be a robot, or am I taking any character from the history of cinema and making a robot out of them? I yes, like that. your I like your second interpretation of it. That's how I that's how I wrote it. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> any movie character. As a, you're gonna make them a robot? Okay, I, all right. I I, I don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know it became broad, but I still like the question. <laughs> what do you have an as as an answer? Would I have an answer? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Ray Winstone from The Departed. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> what? Harry Juice? Yeah. He's just making fun of you all the time. Yeah. And then, like, you know, before he, like, decides to, to blow up, he kills himself. He seems like he breaks balls, but also likes to be a good friend. <laughs> you know? So why not have You know that guy? Room? He's not really a guy you can hit, but he's kind of not. Or he is, too. <laughs> Got it. All right. I, I don't know. I'll go with... um. Uh, Jim Carrey from Peggy Sue Got Married. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Not from One Spit. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's naming 80s Jim Carrey roles. I don't know. Hey, did you have no, one? Uh, I said Wally. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. <laughs> you know who I would like, even though I hated this movie, I think I literally, when Tyler and I did our like movies of the decade, I called it the worst movie of the last decade. Uh-huh. But um, 
um, the bartender from Passengers. <laughs> bartender <laughs> from Passengers. Uh, what's it? Uh, who's the actor? Um, well, it's uh, weird because if they. Oh wait, oh, is is it? Um, what's his face? Michael Sheen. Yes, uh, Michael, yeah, 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 it's Michael yeah, Sheen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I was thinking like Dennis O'Hare. No, Michael Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen doing yeah. doing a very good uh, shining impression. It's amazing that you found the one character in Passengers that's not like one of the four main people, including, of course, Lawrence Fishburne and um, definitely Andy Garcia. Pay- de- and definitely earned that paycheck, Andy Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten seconds yeah. screen time, baby. <laughs> Crushed it. Yeah. You guys know who I am, right? I'm, a- I'm Andy Garcia. He does not have an accent like that. No. <laughs> uh, next question. What are the best, this is a reference to X, what are the best 70s horror movie kills? Ooh. Todd Levin, our friend of the show, writes, David Warner's decapitation in The Omen. I mean, that is that is pretty good. Um, I just go, just like simplicity and the classic, the first kill in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just love the face, thrown open that metal door, uh-huh. Whacking that guy over the head, Oof. grabbing the body, and then slam the door, throwing the door shut again is so. It's so brutal and it's so uh, quick uh, that it, I think, to me, is more upsetting than anything that's more like some of the more elaborate kills. Yeah, that that's generally my go-to answer. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what else. <laughs> you wouldn't. Just, Jaws is not considered a horror movie. Of course it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. A giant, it's a giant monster movie. It's a giant right. monster in the ocean killing killing kids. Yeah. I mean, there you go then. And I'm not yeah. talking about like the opening kill. I'm talking about like the kill where it's like the like little... He, when he kills a kid? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like yes. the mom's yeah, the like, where's yeah. my boy? And she's like the, the beach is like a wash with blood. You're just like, oh my God, they killed a kid. Any movie where like a giant monster bites Robert Shaw in half is a horror movie in my book. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. The sting includes that too. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, the next question is, who are the best dressed movie gangsters? It's a reference uh, to the outfit, which also opened this week. Mm-hmm. A friend of the show, Adam Gentry, writes, the cast of Miller's Crossing. Uh, Renee writes, Mr. White, Mr. Orange, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Blue, and Mr. Brown. What about you guys? Best dressed movie gangsters. Um, the Gangs of New York with Daniel Day-Lewis wearing those hats. Big hats. Yeah, big hats, big movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's their tagline. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I'm having trouble narrowing. Like I, I feel like every like gangster movie I can think of, almost uh, they, they're well dressed, pretty well dressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I I I can't narrow it down. I'm gonna say Sam Jackson in The Kingsman. Because <laughs> he's wearing a sideways hat, and... very colorful. It's like, but he's, but he's not a gangster. He's like a wealthy tech billionaire. Or something is he? Like that. Is he? <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's. He's just the villain, but he's not a gangster. Like he's, <laughs> he's like a well-respected guy who happens to be murdering. <laughs> David, I'll, um, I'll answer. I'll answer for you. Oh, public enemies, right? You love public enemies. Uh, I do love public enemies. Yeah, that's a good one. I know. Um, you do. <laughs> Oh, what about uh? Okay, Kirk Douglas and Out of the Past. Mm. Ooh, okay, okay. Hanging around in a bathrobe. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the lead, the lead weasel and <laughs> Frame <laughs> Roger Rabbit. Well, all the weasels are they're wearing their suits and everything. Don't make them laugh. Yeah. The bathrobe thing, though, that makes that links it back to Adam's answer of Miller's Crossing because of Albert Finney and his scene um, where he's wearing <laughs> his robe. 
Right. All right. Last question. What are some great films about a movie character with a very specific profession? Uh, Todd writes the exorcist. I mean, it's not every day you go around meeting the, an exorcist. So, um, you know, what comes to mind? Um, it's a recent movie. Um, Adam McGoyan's uh, guest of honor in which, uh, David Thewlis plays a, um, restaurant, like, uh, food and health inspector oh uh-huh. that's a that's a uh, an interesting movie just to see that uh see him go about doing that the he, only other he's movie I... the main character uh yeah yeah okay. he's the main character the only other movie i can think of that is that's right 1978's the invasion of the body snatchers where donald sutherland plays a food inspector that's right yeah <laughs> where he um he talks about rat poops uh at one point during the movie amazing wow. i'm i'm so hungry right now because um, there's uh, a part in I don't know if you saw Guest of Honor, but there's a, there's like a minor subplot involving rabbit feces. <laughs> there you go. Wow, they look like pellets. Watch out. Um, he's not the main character, but I can't get over Toy Story 2's like the Jerry character of just let me re let me fix up this little toy. Um, okay, so, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. that's a very specific. Yeah, he's like he's this guy that comes in and yeah, and his name's all... not even Jerry. He just looks like the Jerry from Jerry's game. But yeah, I mean, he's very like I don't really. Like, it was great that he's got his little kit. He's got extra like buttons and extra like padding, and you know. Yeah. Uh, wait, I've got one that ties it back into the your game and the overall theme. Uh-huh. Sure, uh, Noah Taylor and Vanilla Sky. Yeah, there oh. you go. <laughs> Tech support. <laughs> Tech support. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Noah Sky sitting up. I've sat it sitting on my table for the longest time because Paramount Presents released a new version of the Blu-ray for Blue Sky. You better watch it soon. It's going to melt. A movie that I quite like. Um, <laughs> yeah, I should watch that again. I remember liking it. It's, a, it's on its own vibe, and it's like, oh, it's Cameron Crowe. He's doing sci-fi stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is before or after Elizabeth Town? This is before, before Elizabeth Town. Okay. Yeah, be- before the fall. <laughs> <laughs> we should have done this earlier, Dad. He's talking to like, his dad's ashes. Even though it's not like a, like Vanilla Sky, not liked by critics back in the day. You like it made, it made its money, mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah. the town was like, no, we're not doing this. Was, yeah, yeah. Was, was, everybody said that to that movie. Everybody said that. No, no we're out. <laughs> uh, that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that is going to bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, you can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I also write. Uh, for We Live Entertainment, for movie reviews, Why is the Blue for Blu-ray and Criterion reviews. I do some variety of stuff occasionally, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? Find more of my stuff over at uh, Instagram, Abe.Mua, and Twitter.com slash WalterSmith. Hashtag Chinese fun fact. David Pax, where can people find more of you online? Uh, you can find Battleship Pretension, which is my podcast and the website uh, that I co-run with uh, former guest Tyler Smith. Uh, at battleshippretension.com you can find uh, all our podcasts there movie reviews including a review of after yang um you can also find my other podcast that i'm very uh, proud of it's called the one where i met your mother and it's a podcast in which my wife and i every week watch uh an episode of friends and an episode of how i met your mother and we uh recap and then compare and contrast and uh go on tangents and and and, and talk about all sorts of stuff so we're we're about uh we're most of the way through season two on both shows uh right now so you can uh, find all of those at battleshipretention.com or wherever you find podcasts and of course follow me on twitter at davy pretension that's a that's a really sweet podcast it's very it's very fun because i um 
my wife had never seen an episode of how I met your mother before we started. And I was most like friends is harder to avoid, but I don't, mm-hmm. didn't really know friends, uh, that well. And she, uh, loves friends. So, um, it was a podcast idea I'd had a while ago. And then like after a year plus of, you know, staying home all the time, <laughs> my wife, Natalie was like, maybe we should do that podcast. So we've, we've been, we've been doing that. Nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You can find all the other episodes about now, Thursday, on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com or write our official office at a podcast or tweet us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, instagram.com slash outnow underscore pod, excuse me, outnow underscore podcast as well. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, David. Yeah, thank you for having me. For sure. Glad to have you back here. Look forward to having you again. Thanks to listeners for listening. Next week's show, we have the Oscars, Oscars. coming up. We have uh, the, the Lost Cities coming up as well. All of that and more. Uh, but until next time, so long. And goodbye. The Hitchhiker. Go. Collect the TNT. Smile. It's time for a family portrait. Keep up. Stay in sync.